There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. We need to understand when it comes to our prayer life, every purpose of God in our life has a timer attached to it. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us this time. Today, we're going to look at probably one of the biggest faith busters out there, and that being unanswered prayer. What do you do when you pray and pray and God doesn't answer? Well, I'm going to suggest to you today that God does answer every single prayer we pray. I know you're thinking, well, Jeff, that's not true because I've got all kinds of unanswered prayer in my own life. Well, stay tuned, and I'm going to explain what I meant and let's go right to the message, Why Your Prayers Aren't Answered. Now, let me begin by giving you a truth about prayer. God answers every single prayer. There is not a prayer that God does not answer. And let me tell you how He answers. Yes, no, or wait. But God answers every prayer, and sometimes He says, you got to be kidding me. But that aside, he answers in one of three ways every prayer we pray. Anytime you go to pray, God answers it. He either says no, or he says yes, or he says wait. But he answers every prayer. And so I want to take those three things, and I want to just deal with them one at a time. And let me start with why God says no, because really for our own good, God says no sometimes. There have been prayers I prayed. I look back now, and I say, oh, thank you, Lord, for that great big no. Because I didn't know what I was praying. And that's what I want to tell you, first of all. Why does God answer with a no? Why does He tell us no? Because, first of all, we don't pray many times, though we think we do. We don't pray with the wisdom and the foresight and the knowledge that God has. We think we do. We think we know exactly what we need. But if you've ever had children, you know that sometimes children know exactly what they need, but you see that it would be a nightmare if they got it. And if you're a parent, you're very used to saying no and not being loved for it or appreciated for it. I've never seen a kid say, thank you for saying no. <laughs> never. But see, we so easily pray selfish prayers. We don't know what they're selfish, but they are. We pray short-sighted prayers. We pray flesh-driven prayers. We pray ill-advised prayers. We pray presumptuous prayers. We just know something is God's will. We just know we got to have this or that or the other, and we pray. But here's what James tells us. You ask, but you do not receive because you're asking for the wrong reasons. And uh, another version says you're asking amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. You want these things only to please yourselves. But you're convinced you've got to have that person for a spouse or that job or that house or, and I understand this one, that car. And you walk into the mall 
and something talks to you and tells you all kinds of things are God's will for you to have. It's the spirit of mall. I bind the spirit of mall before I walk in. Because, because I hear the voice of the Lord all the time in the mall. And then I hear the voice of the Lord say, if you just put it on your card, I'll take care of it later. Plastic is generally not the voice of God. The Bible tells us in Romans, we do not know what we ought to pray for. Did you know the Bible tells that about you and me? Write to us. You do not know what you ought to pray for. Therefore, the Spirit of God prays for you. Because there's often we don't know what we ought to pray for. And so because we don't have the insight, the knowledge, the foreknowledge of God, then we, we ask amiss. And God says no. And trust me, down the road, you really will say, as time goes on and things settle, you'll say, Lord, thank you for saying no to that. I did not know what I was asking for. Now, another reason God says no is unconfessed sin in our life. It says in the Psalms, the Lord will not hear me, if I hold on to sin in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. That means if I'm cleaving to it. It doesn't mean we've got to be perfect to pray. This is talking about clinging to, cleaving to, refusing to let go of sin in our heart. It says when we do that, we block the prayer path. We put a, a block between us and God. Isaiah says, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear that's why I cannot pray, God bless America. I can pray, God send revival to America. I can say, God have mercy on America. But I can't say, God bless America. Because how can God bless this mess when we are flaunting our sin in front of His face? America doesn't need the blessing of God. America needs the conviction of God and the revival of God and the awakening of God and the outpouring of the Spirit of God. America needs to understand where there is unconfessed sin, God's only desire for us is that we confess it and get it clean. Now, another cause of unanswered prayer is unforgiveness. You know, Jesus talked a lot about unforgiveness. He was very, very hard, very, very narrow with His requirement for unforgiveness and forgiveness on the part of His people. He said, answered prayer and forgiveness are tied together. And we don't like to hear that, but listen to what Jesus said. Now, we love the first verse. I'm going to read two verses. We love the first one, and we just skip right over the second one. But he says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer for and believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. But then he goes on. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. Everybody say, forgive him. Forgive. Whether you feel like it or not, you don't have to feel it. You don't have to have some overwhelming emotion of forgiveness and say, when I feel it, I'll do it. You'll never feel it. Do it when you don't feel it. Just do it. So how can I do that, Pastor Jeff? Say it. I forgive them. Say it again. I forgive them. Repeat it. I forgive them. Because your tongue will lead you in the right direction when your heart will not. He says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against them, forgive him so that. Your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive 
your sins. Wow, that couldn't be stronger. And I used to read that and go, wow, Lord, that's really tough. And then I began to see why. Because Jesus understands the power of a root of bitterness. He knows what it will do to us. He knows what will happen if we don't forgive. It locks you up. That person you're mad at controls your life from a distance, sometimes from the grave. I believe sometimes you've got to forgive dead people. Because the important thing is in the presence of God we forgive. Because as long as we're bitter and angry and unforgiving, we're not hurting them. It's like you drinking poison thinking it's going to hurt them. But let me give you another motivation since some of you are not moved by spiritual motivations. Some of you care about what's looking at you in the mirror. Let me give you some studies. Studies have recently shown how important it is to forgive when it comes to our well-being, our physical well-being. They found this. Scientists, they're always catching up with the Word of God. Have you noticed that? But here's what they found. People who do not forgive the wrongs committed against them have a harder time making and keeping friends. They found they have higher rates of divorce. They found that they tend to suffer from stress and depression and cardiovascular disease. Unforgiveness will put lines on your face. It will shape your countenance in a scowl. Do you, do you believe me when I tell you that? Have you ever met somebody that's been bitter for about 20, 30 years? It ages you beyond your time. It affects your heartbeat. It affects your nerves. It affects everything about you. And if you're not careful, it'll age you before you ever got there. I hear some of you saying right now, Ooh, I'm going to forgive. Ooh, I'm going to forgive. So forgiveness not only clears the way for answered prayer, but it also keeps us healthy. Now, I want to preach when I'm 80. I do. I want to preach when I'm 80, so I try to take care of myself. I do everything I can. No, it'll be a God willing if I make it there, but I want to be stepping up here when I'm 80, and, and you're welcome to come with me. And so one thing I do is I forgive this morning the place of prayer. When I was going through the Lord's Prayer, I realized, uh, you know what? I need to forgive all the time because Jesus, even in the Lord's Prayer, wouldn't let us to get away from it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the schemes and the tactics and the plots and plans of the devil. For thine is the kingdom and thine is the power. And thine, I prayed through that this morning, and, and I forgave, I forgave, I forgave. You don't do it for them. You do it for you. Now, another cause of unanswered prayer is aimed at Christian husbands. You wives, keep your elbows to yourself now. Let me just tell you, Christian husbands, every Christian husband in here, raise your hand, all you Christian husbands. Okay, I'm going I'm to tell you something in love. I'm the one that had to study this first. But here's what it says. The Apostle Peter wrote to the men in the church of his day. He said, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. That only means physically weaker. He's not saying not as smart, not as valuable. He's just saying physically weaker. Treat them as the physically weaker partner 
and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So he says to the men, treat your wives lovingly. Be considerate of their needs. Treat them with respect. Understand that they are our partners together in the faith and in life. Friday night I did a wedding. I did a re-wedding, a remarriage of a couple that had been married 38 years. And the woman had come under many, many physical battles in the last year, couple of years, and, and has been very afflicted and was actually in a hospital and was in a wheelchair. And the husband said, I want to redo our vows. And so I went in there and put on the hospital gown and stood there and I remarried this precious couple. And it was a wonderful moment. It really was. All the family was there. And I quoted what Paul said. He said to the man, listen, Christian husband, he said, if you love her, you love you. If you don't love her, you don't love you. I said, marriage is the only time in life when one plus one equals one. Because the two become one. So any other time in life, one and one is two. You got two because you got one and one. But when you got marriage, it's one. And so Paul's point is clear that now that you're married, that woman, sir, is an extension of you, a part of you, so that if mama ain't happy, come on. Now that's East Texas, but it's true. If mama ain't happy, there ain't nobody happy in that house. Not in that house. Not even the dogs. Nobody's happy in that house. No, not even the in-laws, not even the outlaws, not even the neighbors. Paul says, as you treat her, you're treating yourself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh. But he nourishes it and cherishes it as the Lord does the church. So husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He loved the church sacrificially. He loved the church selflessly. He loved the church first, and that's how husbands are to treat their wives. And if we treat them badly where they're hurting because of us, God says you're wasting your time in prayer. Go get it right with her. Oh, I had an experience one time. I've been preaching a long time, and I got invited to go preach. I'm living in East Texas. Got invited to go preach, and, and so... Before I walked out of the house, I had to go alone. Kathy was doing something, and we couldn't go, or she couldn't go with me. But before I left the house, we had a hearty disagreement (laughs) about something. And I got into my car, all self-righteous. Lord, convict her. Lord, in Jesus' name, while I'm gone, just get a hold of her and show her how she was wrong. I pulled out of there. I'm driving to preach. And I got about halfway there, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you want to be anointed tonight? And I said, absolutely. And he said, then you better call her. And I said, why? She was wrong. And he said, Jeff, you want to be anointed tonight? And I said, I sure do, Lord. And he said, you better pull over and call her. This is before cell phones. I'm really dating myself here. So I pulled over on the side of the road. I put my money in. I called. She answers, well, it's about time. And I said, I'm sorry. She said, 
uh-huh. And I said, no, I really am. And she said, I am too. You forgive me, I forgive you. Do you forgive me, I forgive you. And man, I walked out of there like Superman coming out of the phone booth. So say with me, man, husbands love your wives. Well, that was underwhelming. Let's try it again. Husbands love your wives. As Christ loved the church. Now just say with me, I'll do my best. There you go. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Come on. I can tell stories like that now, right? Yeah. Now, so sometimes God says no, but then sometimes God says wait. And this one's really important. And we've got to understand the ways of God here. When God says wait, Ecclesiastes 3.1 gives us an undeniable, irrefutable truth that is attached to our prayer life. Now, I want you to listen to what it says and think of prayer. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. God is a God of timing. And we need to understand when it comes to our prayer life, every purpose of God in our life has a timer attached to it. Every purpose of God has a timer. Now, in this verse, he used two very important words. The first one, time. The second one, season. But there are two different ones. There are two different words. He says, there is a time for everything. That word is the Greek word chronos. Chronos simply refers to the passing of time. Well, we say to somebody, what time is it? They say it's 11 o'clock. That's chronos. Chronos is the chronological passing of time. How long did the service last? It lasted an hour. That's chronos. So it's timing. It's the duration of time. But the second word is season. And here lies a lot of ignorance and misunderstanding and lack of understanding on the way that God works. He says there is a time for everything and there is a season. There is a season for every activity under the sun. That word is not chronos, but season is the Greek word kairos. So say with me chronos and then kairos. Now, kairos is not the duration of time. Kairos refers to the opportune time, the suitable time, the right moment the favorable moment, the ripe moment for something to happen or for a decision to be made. There comes a time in the kairos of things where we need to make a decision because God has brought us to that moment and to that season and to that time where now it's the season, it's the kairos to finally make that decision or go that way or do that thing. The Bible talks about the fullness of time. And that's a kairos statement. When something occurred or will occur when the God-ordained season has come. Let me give you an example. Ephesians 1.10 says, Paul is writing, he says, this is the plan. In the fullness of time, that's kairos, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Here's what he's saying. The time is coming. It's not here yet. But the kairos, the season, 
the moment, the ripe moment will arrive when God will turn the entire world over to Christ and Christ will rule the world out of Jerusalem with a scepter of righteousness and with peace. And that time is coming when Jesus, Lord of lords and King of kings, is going to put the devil into the pit and Jesus Christ, King of kings, is going to put down all evil and he's going to rule the world and the lion will lay down with the lamb and we will have peace and war no more. Now, he says, in the fullness of time, the kairos, that will happen. Another example in Jesus' parable of the wheat and the tares, the Lord refers to the judgment that will happen when he appears because when he comes back, he's going to judge the world. And look what Jesus said. I'm quoting Jesus, Matthew 13, 30. Jesus said, at that time, the word there is kairos. I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, that's the lost, and tie them in bundles to be burned, that's hell. Then gather the wheat, that's you, and bring it into my barn. I'm looking forward to Jesus' barn. Meaning his house, meaning heaven, meaning glory. And so when he comes, he's going to do some harvesting. And by using kairos here, at that time, he said, at that kairos, he's telling us the judgment day is the appointed time for men to answer for their sins. That's the appointed time. Now listen to the various uses of kairos because this matters with prayer. I'm going to apply this and you're going to really get it in a minute. In Luke's gospel, we see the angel of God informing Zacharias that there was an appointed time time for his son, John the Baptist, to be born. So when the angel appeared to John when he was in the Holy of Holies making the sacrifice as high priest, the angel appeared and said, Elizabeth is going to have a child. The fullness of Kairos had arrived. Once more in Luke, Jesus predicts that Israel would be judged. Watch this. Why? Jesus said, because you didn't recognize the time, the Kairos of God's coming to you. You didn't recognize the time. You weren't aware that God was visiting you and calling you to repentance. Paul encourages believers, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due kairos, in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So what we're doing, right? Some of you are sowing, some of you are reaping. Some of you got a bunch of seed in the ground and you're thinking, well, where's God? Because you're living by chronos and not kairos. You're measuring God by your calendar and your watch. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you understand a little bit better why some prayers go unanswered. And speaking of answered prayer, the Lord led us many years ago to go on radio with the Word of God. We did what He said. And for the first few years, we were on just one station and stayed faithfully at the helm, doing what He had directed. In fact, just five years ago, we were still on just one station. But then suddenly doors began to open right and left so fast we could hardly keep up. Prayers that we had prayed years before suddenly were answered in God's perfect timing. Now Life Talk is on over 500 radio stations across the United States. And along with this exciting growth, we've launched a brand new Life Talk website I'd love for you to visit. Just log on to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. From there, you'll be able to listen to today's message just like you heard it. And you can also order copies of today's and previous radio messages. 
And you can access podcasts of all of our messages as they were delivered at Turning Point Church. And last but not least, you can partner with us in giving. Life Talk is a listener-supported outreach. We believe that God has called us to carry His Word to the entire world. If you would like to help make that happen, just click on the Giving tab on the lifetalkradio.us website, and it will tell you exactly how to go about helping. And again, thank you so much for your support. And join us next time as we continue with Part 2 of the message, Why Your Prayers Aren't Answered. Until then, may God's rich blessings be upon you. Why Your Prayers Aren't Answered is the second message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Pray Through. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Pray Through, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Thank you.